Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back with Vershawn Jackson. Sponsored by Wingstop. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We ain't gonna do it right now because we got the legendary Jack Stark talking about the Unity Council. Ain't going to the Unity Council. Jack, you were talking about five points and you're out, no game. Yeah. Yeah, and that happened to a number of guys. But if you even got two or three points, you had to come in. Boy, you know yourself. You did not want to face those guys. One of my favorite experiences was Jason Peter and Grant Wistrom. And we were they were they were in the Unity Council. They were great leaders. And we had uh, Jason Wiltz came in, and he had like three points, four points, and he's about to lose a game. And I remember Grant looked at him and said, you listen, you listen good. You will get your ass out of bed, and you will go to class. You don't go to class. You will run with me at 6 o'clock in the morning. I don't care what the coaches are going to do with you. He says, well, my car wouldn't start. He says, well, if your car won't start, you call me because you have to understand something. I want to win a national championship, and you're my starting left tackle, so you better pick it up. That was 97. We didn't have the most talented team like we had in 94, 95. But those, all of you guys, you just willed those team, that team to win a national championship. Um, and that's what the Unity Council did. There's nothing better than peer pressure, as you know. I mean, coaches can chew you out, et cetera. But, boy, when your, your buddies are on you, it was, and it, caused, it created this incredible unity process. And we made a sign up. It was just a simple sign. It said unity. We placed it all over the, the, all the buildings, all the locker rooms, et cetera. And Coach preached it. So every week he would say the Unity Council met. Some of you guys got some discipline. You're asking for another TV. You ask for me- better meals, uh, changing the movie schedule. Uh, and, he, and he said, okay, we'll change all that. We'll, and the players felt empowered because they used to say to me, Jack, it don't matter what we say. The coaches are going to do what they're going to do. And, and it changed it. So, and I, I gotta, I'm very proud. It's been all, I've been all of the 40 different universities consulted to. And, and I was just there. You would love this, Rashawn. I was just up at Ohio. Coach um, Solich dedicated the field to him. And I ran into Tim, who's the head coach, and he says, yeah, we got the Unity Council going. Introduce me as the, the founder of the Unity Council. So it's, um, it's a big deal. Um, I'm not, I see it in the pros everywhere. They call it different things, coaches' council, players' council. Um, even, even in NASCAR where I've been working, they call it the driver's council. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, hey, Jack, I got a question for you. Um, yeah. The guy, we, the guy we used to see when we, we, when we was in school, his name was John Goodman. Goodwin? Yes, 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 yes. And what what kind of affiliation did you and him have? Well, he um, he came on after we had um, the situation um, with one of our players who got shot and paralyzed, and um, so they brought John because he was he was working in the counseling center, and no one would walk over to the counseling center. So John started coming to some practices, and he would um, he he was available to see guys in therapy. I didn't do much therapy. I mean, my stuff was on the mental side of things, a lot of mentoring mostly. Uh, but if you needed ongoing, you know, heavy-duty stuff, he was a social worker. He did that. 
Mm. You, and, you had and, to deal with Goodwin? After, I yeah. think he did, did something you? with the basketball for a while. but You're just bad all your life, wasn't you, Terrell? <laughs> no. Sorry, Jack. Sorry, Jack. I got to say, you just bad all your life, wasn't you? You're no. a little bad kid. I just had you a... said you got you, – you, high school, you just bad. I'm glad you're getting better. What I'm I glad did you're in better. high school? I, I quit football. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't – I was just – I, I wasn't a bad kid. I was. I was. I like Goodwin though. I was making a foot. I was making fun of the football team. So you know that's why I didn't make it. No, but but John Goodwin. But, he was but, a good person. He's a Jack, pastor now. But but Jack, I I think here's how I think about it now. I think a unit count, unity council will work. I think having a Jack Stark there will work. But I think you also have to have a common sense type of guy that looks like the, the players that you have that maybe came all the way from Columbus, Georgia, and in all these different hoods from America yep. so that they can relate and someone that is not afraid to tell these young men what to do and what not to do. Yeah, I, I you know, I think that's um, – I, I agree with you. One of the things I think helped a lot for me, um, I didn't have – I didn't have a contract. I didn't have a job description. I just did whatever was needed. And here's what happened. I had a special relationship with the players because they know they could come to me. They could tell me things. It would stay with me. I had the experience. You know, I'm, I had 10, 15 years under my belt. The problem we have with a lot of sports psychologists come in, and they're right out of school, and they can't relate to the players. Um, they've never played sports or whatever. But I would, I would get out of bed at 2 or 3 in the morning and go down to the dorm. I would make visits to people's homes. Um, I knew their parents. I knew their girlfriends. I knew everything that they needed or had a problem with. I was there for them. They could call me night and day. And I think that was huge, just being able to relate to the guys um, and, and being there for them. And so it's not just, okay, you're going to come run the unit council. You show up, hi, I'm the guy running the unit council. I, had, I, was, I was embedded. I was at three practices a week. I put in 30, 40 hours a week. Um, I was pretty tired. Um, many a night I got home at midnight. I would go down three times a week. I probably went to, I don't know, 1,000 practices. Um, and, you know, I was at every game for 15 years. So um, it was, it, you got to be close to the players. You, you, had a, you had a relationship, I know, with my best friend, uh, Lawrence Phillips. Can yeah. you tell yeah. us a little bit about who Lawrence Phillips was outside of anything, any extracurricular? Like, who was Lawrence Phillips? Well, first of all, <clears throat> to go back and understand Lawrence Phillips. Um, Lawrence came from a tough neighborhood, but the coaches loved him. So at the age of 12, from what I can understand, he was basically kicked out of his house. And he was running the streets. And I don't know, kind of think about that a minute. I got an 11-year-old grandson. I mean, um, and Lawrence was smart. He was IQ, He had high IQ. And he, and he lived with a coach. And... What happened is I think um, there was some, uh, let's just describe some issues at his house and why he kind of got kicked out with these people. I, one of them was, I think, dating his mother or something. But Lawrence was uh, a lot more caring than people realized, uh, but he was a tough kid. He had to be tough. And when he came here, um, uh, I remember one time he – Got, he got, had, had to miss the first half of a game we played, uh, I think it was Cal, uh, because he had skipped practice because he went to Omaha because there was something going on with his mom and brother. And um, Lawrence was heavily influenced, I think. He lived in a group home, and that group home was not a good experience. I, will, I won't go into it. You can kind of think this through. 
um, and it had a bad impact on him. And um, what happened is he he got into trouble um, because of those experiences. I think he was hurting, and um, the situation with uh, dating a gal, um, I think it was the first time he ever fell in love with anybody. Um, he, you know, some people, when you're young, Vershawn, you, you had a great mom and support. But if you, you don't, you don't, if you're not loved or taught how to love others, it, or you don't love yourself as much, it's hard. And so, you know, coach wants me to work with you, so I want you to think about it, and we can start working together. But then it happened, and then, then he had to go to, um, had to, go to a, a center for evaluation. And um, then we came back, and I will tell you this, um, I, I've not shared this with anybody, but after, after he played, and he was, work, he was playing for um, the Rams, and I got a phone call from the coach, uh, the head coach. Uh, he used to be with the Eagles, etc. And I went out on my own dime and spent uh, two days with him, helping him to understand Lawrence and uh, what was going on with him, etc. And they, you know, the coach really wanted to work for him. Um, but in, Lawrence had, had tried. He he really tried. He tried to. He went over to seas, tried to play ball there, keep it straight. Um, but I think he was just a person who was hurt so bad, and you carry those hurts with you your whole life. So. That's the Lawrence Phillips I know. But do I don't know what <clears throat> happened in, in, in jail and prison, um, getting there, and, and what happened afterwards. But it's tragic because I called. This is what was interesting. Um, I remember being with the Nebraska basketball team. We were playing for the NIT championship in New York, and I got a call from his agent, and they wanted me to talk to the NFL teams. So I talked to every single NFL team at that time, 29. And I even remember flying. They, they flew in the, the uh, Charlotte flew in um, <clears throat> with Bill Polian and interviewed me. I said, "They said, would you take him?" I said, "Would you draft him?" I said, "In a heartbeat, I want to win." That kid, that kid is. He was the number one draft pick. He would have been the number one draft. Let's pick. Let's put a let's put a thumb. I got I got to pay I got to pay a couple a couple quarters to a couple people. Okay, go ahead. So go listen, ahead. I'm gonna put a thumbtack in that because I got a couple questions about that particular situation, but more so. And, and, and wrap your mind around this, Jack. Do you think there needs to be a re-entry program to re-enter these young athletes back into regular society when five years their life was shaken? For the, for the better, but I'm saying we don't know where they come from. I think we need to know more about them. We'll be back with more Jack Stark, the captain of Ticket 93.7. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.